When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. Yeah, good morning, everyone. Welcome along to it. It is World Cups in a nutshell. It is Wednesday morning, the 2nd of November, 2022. How's everyone's heads? I might ask Matty Cox uh, the collective amount of headaches when we have a chat with him in Melbourne, uh, host of Tradies News in Melbourne in about 15 uh, minutes in Melbourne uh, after a big, big day of the Melbourne Cup yesterday. But hope you're all well. We're broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Queensland and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy 1170 is our open line number. Or you can uh, send us a text anytime, 0457 736 736, all before Vossi and Brandy. Brandy has been found, has been located, and he'll be back with Vossi today in about an hour. Queensland listeners, you'll take the first hour of Vossi and Brandy and then Padden Heels from 6am local time. Big show for us today. We will look back at the Melbourne Cup, play the end of the race in just a second, and a bit of the winning jockey, Mark Sahara. Uh, Matty Cox, as I mentioned, from Charities News in a nutshell in Melbourne, will join me in just over 10 minutes' time from now, as he does each and every Wednesday morning to have a chat about all things sport. Um, lots to do to talk about in the cricket as well. England getting up last night. Not the greatest result for Australia. We'll have a chat about that. And the Rugby League World Cup continues to roll on. Of course, the final of the pool games yesterday. But we do have just a few days break before we have the four quarter finals all locked in now. Uh, they were virtually locked in anyway, but official will take you through them as well. So plenty to get through. one 1170 our open line number. Or you can send a text 0457 736 736. The hot topic, thanks to Rheem. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Rheem. Yeah, built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to heat, uh, water heating, ask your plumber to install a Rheem. Two past five, two past four in Queensland. Let's start with the Melbourne Cup. Now, I have to say, I know I joked about how's everyone head, head but um, I was out for the Melbourne Cup yesterday and obviously lots of people in Melbourne at Flemington. Lots of people as well at the big dance at Randrick Racecourse. We will um, tell you about that in a second. However, um, before all of that, I must say, very, very busy um, out and about yesterday in Sydney. Now, I was saying to one of the friends I was out with yesterday um, that I wonder if it was the busiest day, and I, I don't know how you'd find this out, but the busiest day since we've come out of the pandemic. If not, it would be one of very, very busy all around uh, Sydney, and I can imagine probably more so in Melbourne. But the race itself, Gold Trip, uh, it ran from Barrier 13 uh, in a 22-horse field. We had late scratching, as we know, on Monday and yesterday morning, Point Nepean and Luna Flair uh, ended up winning. Let's have a listen to the end of the Melbourne Cup yesterday. Here's Doval Legend proceeding, and Gold Trip down the outside. Emissary is behind those. Gold Trip moves up, takes the lead from Doval Legend. 250 metres to go. Emissary running on. Gold Trip, 150 metres to 
has tried very, very hard, but Gold Trip is brave. A hundred to go, a length and a half emissary. Gold Trip is going to win the Lexus Melbourne Cup. Gold Trip wins it in a real staying contest for the ages. Two lengths emissary, late third high emotion. Yeah, that's the way the end of the Melbourne Cup played out yesterday. So did you tip it? Oh, a few people uh, that was very happy with Gold Trip's uh, win yesterday. Tell you what, it came from a fair way behind, but another great Melbourne Cup. And so good to have fans back there as well, packed in Flemington. Uh, did you watch it? What did you do for it? Uh, did you win anything? one three hundred oh one eleven seventy our open line number, or you can send a text 0457-736736. Now, uh, Mark Zahara, who was riding uh, Gold Trip yesterday, uh, last year, um, and it, look, a lot of people who don't follow racing closely might not have realised this. Uh, he missed out on a riding a very elegant at the Melbourne Cup last year. Um, he called it redemption yesterday after winning on Gold Trip. Uh, he said on Channel 10, and we'll play a bit of the interview in a second, I feel like crying. It's unbelievable. Now, he was banned last year uh, for, due, uh, for a three-month ban for breaking COVID-19 regulations. So the indiscretion came last year when Zara and four other jockeys attended a house party during lockdown in Victoria. Now, we know it rocked the racing world. Jamie Carr was part of it and called it one of the darkest times of her life after being handed a lengthy suspension for her role in the saga. Uh, She said, I definitely don't take anything for granted anymore. It's not that I took it for granted, but you just think it's never going to end. I probably was a bit selfish. People were going through such a hard time and I made a mistake and I've had to learn from it. Zara also admitted to feeling terrible and trying to drink his way out of the pain. This time last year, I was in Byron Bay and I was getting told off for drinking too much and it could have been my ride. Redemption day today, just a miracle. He said, 12 months ago, I felt terrible and probably drinking my way out of it. And my wife was saying, don't drink too much, I said. What do you want me to do? My horse just won the Melbourne Cup. Let's have a bit of a listen to Mark Zahara post-race after his win on Gold Trip. Mark Zahara, congratulations to you. Try put this feeling into words. Oh, I can't. I just feel like crying. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. What a day. <laughs> That's the word that so many jockeys who have won this great race use. Unbelievable. <laughs> what went through your body as you crossed that finish line? I bet that last hundred felt like yeah. it went an eternity. It did. You know, I got to the front a bit, a bit soon, but He's a horse, so when you go for him, I really want to go for him, you know, don't give him a chance to think about it. And, uh, yeah, that last hundred, I was thinking, it's just piss off and no one come near me, you know. And, uh, oh, it's just elation, absolute elation when he crossed the line. So Gold Troop and Mark Zara winning the Melbourne Cup. It got me thinking. Now, whether you agree uh, with what he – well, no one would agree with what he did last year, but he's come back. So sporting redemption stories. What is the great sporting redemption stories of all time? 0457 736 736. Or open line number one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Sporting redemption stories on the back of Mark Zara riding Gold Trip to win one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Our open line number or oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. There's been a heap of them in a in the world of sport for many many years for different reasons. Redemption for different reasons. They may have had a bad season. They might have done something stupid off the field. They may look. They may have even had um, a bad injury and come back. And played well. So, sporting redemption stories. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Our open line number or oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Just on yesterday as well, and we'll have a chat as I say with Maddie Cox shortly 
about this. Uh, Melbourne Cup, I mentioned yesterday on the show, uh, it is one of Australia's biggest day in sports. Now, I know there's a few people, and I think uh, it was Big G that texted through yesterday on 0457 736 736 who said, look, he doesn't care about the Melbourne Cup. And there will be uh, the element of people, um, probably quite a lot of people, who don't really have an interest in the Melbourne Cup. Look, for a lot of people, horse racing, you watch one race a year, apart from the ones who are avid horse racing watchers. But it is still one of the biggest days in the sporting calendar. And as I said a few minutes ago, there's so many people out and about yesterday was just quite amazing. Uh, Very, very busy. And I want to hear from anyone who is listening if you went to the big dance at Randwick yesterday. It was round at 2.20. Look, the crowd at Randwick, I'm not entirely sure what the official crowd was, but they were expecting more than 25,000 people. And look, you have to hand it to Racing New South Wales. Now, I'm of the belief it's never going to contest with the Melbourne Cup. The Melbourne Cup is the race that stops the nation. But having been to Randwick um, a couple of times over the past um, few years, and I've been to uh, Randwick, I think, once or twice on Melbourne Cup Day. Very, very, um, very different sort of crowd you saw there yesterday on just on the pictures we saw on the TV screens on Channel 7 it was being shown. So, well done to them. Obviously, they've got the Everest, the Golden Eagle as well. Um, it was. I must admit, though, it was ran at 2.20. The place I was at, it was on, but not a lot of people were taking much notice of it. But, look, that could have just been the place I was at. If you went there uh, to Royal Randwick yesterday, we'd love to hear from you this morning, 0457 736 736 or open line number 1300-01-1170. Did it have a different feel? to other Melbourne Cup days at Randwick Racecourse. And Randwick do it very well. Have done each and every year on Melbourne Cup Day. Did this just have another element to it? Would like to hear from anyone that went to Randwick yesterday. 0457 736 736. Or you can call 1300 01 1170. Maddie Cox, not too far away. Also, sporting redemption stories. What are the great sporting redemption stories of all time? Any sport all around the world. 1300 01 1170. Now, open line number. You can send a text on 0457 736 736. A little later on, we'll update you on the cricket last night as well. But on the other side of this, we'll have a chat with Maddie Cox, host of Tradies News in Melbourne. It is 10 past five in New South Wales, 10 past four in Queensland. We will update you on the latest from the Rugby League World Cup shortly. Also, the T20 World Cup as well. one 1170 is our open line number. Sporting redemption stories on this Wednesday morning on the back of Mark Zara winning on a gold trip. And did you go to Randwick yesterday? If you did, uh, what was it like? 0457 736 736 or one 1170 Let's have a chat with Maddie Cox now in Melbourne. Good morning to you, Dan. Morning, Maddie. How are you? I'm v- well, I'm very happy that I got that button working uh, yes. this morning, and I timed that to perfection, so I'm quite pr- pleased with myself. You did. Uh, good song as well. <laughs> good song choice once again. It is. I know it, it wasn't is. your choice, but it was good anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, and particularly given the Australian situation mm. uh, at the moment, quite uh, topical given the World Cup. We might get to that mm. in uh, in a moment or two's time. Uh, how has your last week been, Dan? <laughs> what's, uh, what's captured your attention over? 
over the course of the last seven days. Yeah, it's been interesting, hasn't it? Lots of sport again. Uh, I think we should probably start with the Melbourne Cup. Look, I think the T20 in the Rugby League World Cup has been interesting as well. But look, let's start with the Melbourne Cup. What a race yesterday, Matty. I know you would have been very excited to watch it yesterday at 3pm. Please tell me uh, how you found the race. I tell you, well, the race down the Hume Highway with the traffic coming back from the public <laughs> holiday was uh, was not as heavy as what I thought it might have been. No, I completely missed it. <laughs> oh, no. I, uh, no. I had planned to uh, tune in on the old wireless in the car mm. on the, uh, the way down the Hume. Mm. And, uh, on I SEN, yeah. On SEN, of course. Marvellous <laughs> yes. coverage and yes. SEN track. Mm. Yep. So planned to, uh, to just flick the dial over and... Um, mm. Those plans kind of went out the window when I looked down and the clock read 3.30 and I'm like, oh no, oh Oh, no, it's been run and won. And it wasn't until I arrived at the final destination last night that I discovered who won. So it's the race that stops the nation but didn't quite stop you. No, it doesn't. No, okay. no, no, it didn't. No. And, uh, <laughs> it's uh, Well, it's raised a point. Have you ever missed a big sporting event that you'd committed to consuming? Uh, I don't. Or you, I know you've got tickets to just about everything <laughs> on the planet, so that, it's probably a rarity that mm. you would. No, I, I'm I'm usually pretty committed. Look, look, it depends. <laughs> you, you know what's going on and what the time is. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm <laughs> usually wet. Look, I'd never miss a huge sport. I, look, I, I, the only thing I reckon I can, and it doesn't really rival you, just completely missing it. But the 2010 football World Cup. Uh, final, as in Soccer World Cup final. I was actually living in the UK at the time. And look, as you can understand, Maddie, the Football World Cup, and we've got it coming up in a couple of weeks' time, is huge in the UK. It's huge all around the world, but uh, everyone backs England. And look, it was my first time being in the UK for the Football World Cup. I reckon I took in nearly every match, basically every match. Um, and then the girl I was seeing at the time uh, brought us tickets to go to the, the Britain's Got Talent live show at the O2 Arena in London clashed with the Football World Cup final. So so watched basically every game of the Football World Cup final and missed uh, – World Cup, but missed the final. It was devastating. <laughs> In the end, it wasn't a very good game. So maybe Britain's Got Talent was better. Probably not, though. Oh, no. <laughs> and, and also, I... this is the same woman as well, uh, just quickly on the sporting theme, who – um, we went on a, in a ballot to get Wimbledon tickets uh, 2010, um, and we were going to go. Uh, she got tickets. She rang me one morning, said, "I've got tickets. I've got tickets." I thought this is great. Never been to Wimbledon. One of uh, everyone's on everyone's bucket list that loves tennis, loves sport. Uh, gets to the end of the conversation, says, "Yeah, but it's for the final, and Mum and me and going, and you have to stay home." I thought, well, that's a bit rude because we had a deal. So, <laughs> tell why that relationship didn't work out, Matty. <laughs> oh, well, I feel like we find a little bit more out about you every <laughs> yes. little week that we yes. go on. Here. Yes. Oh, yes. Well, at least I don't feel as as guilty and. Um... Particularly when you realise you're hosting a uh, sports program on a Wednesday morning mm. and you've missed the most important race. But on yeah. review, mm. uh, a milestone for two famous trainers mm. that have certainly generated a lot of success over the last couple of years and formed a formidable partnership. But in general as well, the fact that we had full crowds back, not only at the Melbourne Cup, but you think back to Derby Day or Derby mm. Day on, on Saturday and what still lies ahead as part of the Melbourne Cup Carnival. Just fantastic that there's the atmosphere back there. I know we had limited numbers last year as we were exiting the, the COVID lockdown phase, but to have a full crowd in trying elements, it mm, wasn't the best yes. day across Vic. That is one thing I do know about yesterday. Mm. The weather was absolutely horrible. Mm. Um, 
So to, to have that sort of atmosphere in those conditions, it was fantastic. I was saying um, before our chat that uh, I was out and about yesterday, but look, you didn't even really have to be out and about to see how busy it was around Sydney and I imagine probably more so in Melbourne. I raised the question, look, I, I don't know, but it would have to be one of the country's biggest days since we've come out of the main part of the pandemic because everywhere was packed. And it was great to see a full crowd uh, at Melbourne. Of course, we had Randwick as well, pretty busy as well. So, yeah, really, really good to see a uh, packed house and everyone enjoying themselves after a couple of tough years. Yes, particularly given we haven't been able to do that over the mm. course of the last couple of years. So it was fantastic to see. I've had a a, a good old 40 Wings temper text come through here, mm. Dan, and it's regarding the Rugby League <laughs> yes. World Cup. Okay. Dean says it's been a joke. <laughs> Two lopsided results. Morning, Dean. Yes. Morning, Dean. Uh, should have a system like the T20 Cricket World Cup where the minnow sides play each other to get into the top eight teams. What mm. say you to that, Dan? I'm deferring to you because you're the expert in this space. Um, look, okay. I, I wouldn't call it a joke, but I, look, I do understand what, what people are saying. And look, I was out with people yesterday who are big rugby league fans. Um, one of them in particular um, and said, look, he watched the opening game and hasn't watched the game since. And look, it has to be said over the past couple of weeks, there have been the majority of games have been one-sided and it, and it is a problem. I suppose if you're looking at, at it from the outside, looking in when you're seeing scores of 80, 90 points, England, beat Greece, I think it was 94-4. Tonga, a similar situation the other day as well against uh, when they played the other day as well. So you look at that and it's not good. Now we move to the quarterfinals this weekend um, and we've got Australia up against Lebanon. You've got England up against uh, Papua New Guinea, New Zealand and Fiji. Again, a lot of those could potentially be one-sided. I dare say it'll be a bit closer, Uh, but we do have Tonga and Samoa as well this weekend. That'll be a very good game. But I suppose the argument to that is is that the only way to grow international rugby league is to play these games. But I do think that something has to be done. Now, I have no issue with the World Cup. I think the World Cup should be on every four years. That's fine. But I do think in the years between the World Cup, obviously Australia and New Zealand, England and Tonga, Samoa, the big nations will play international rugby league. But we need to get these lower place countries, I suppose, playing more international rugby league and not just against the big guns when they're going to more than likely be smashed, but play against each other as well at the tail end of the season, at the back end of the NRL season, Super League seasons. Trent Robinson, the Roosters coach who is heavily involved in the France system, said they need more games. They're a decent team, but they need more games. So until we see more international rugby league and these players playing together regularly, um, and look, Sides like Jamaica are never going to be a big rugby league nation, but a side like France and Italy and Wales and sides like that do have some, uh, I suppose, a a chance to become big rugby league nations um, and successful rugby league nations. But yeah, we need more international games um, to be played for these teams to get better. And it's a similar sort of argument that you could direct to cricket, which is the reference that uh, Dean's brought up in, Mm. in the text message, is that... Yes, you've got these smaller nations, but, and and yes, prior to the Super 12 stage of the tournament, there were some great storylines and some great theatre that in, that engaged you. But but again, I, I feel as if the, the attachment to those sides growing as mm. part of the World Cup and actually making it competitive. Because I think, and, and yeah. this is, again, towards Dean's point, if it is a World Cup... Mm. 
It's got to be the, the, the best sides that are competing against each other for a chance to win the tournament. It just mm. can't be a, a, a group of teams or countries that are, are participating, yeah. if that makes sense. Because otherwise, I think it, it loses a bit of the, the shine. It does. And look, I think the downfall to the Rugby League World Cup as well um, is that, I mean, look, and I've, I've enjoyed it, is that you could already, unless, you know, and nothing is ever 100% penciled in, but you could already say the semi-final, which will be next weekend, weeks ago, is going to be Australia New Zealand. Now they still have to get through this weekend, and, you know, funnier things have happened, but it is unlikely that uh, they will lose. Um, and then you could already say that, you know, probably one of England or Tonga or Samoa will be in the other semi-final. So, yeah, it is an interesting one because even though I think it's great exposure for the game and great exposure for these countries, you sort of already know what's going to happen up until probably the quarterfinals. Um, and then onwards, you, you don't know. But, yeah, it, it, it is a tricky one. Um, I don't know in terms of rugby league uh, if there's ever going to be a perfect solution to this. Um, I think there could be tweaks to the next World Cup. The next World Cup, Matty, by the way, in three years, is in France. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it's received there. But, yeah, I do think there probably needs to be little tweaks, but I just don't think they're ever going to make it perfect. The, the other suggestion I've heard, um, and sort of similar to what Dean was saying, is potentially get rid of some of the teams like a Jamaica uh, who won't make it, but uh, who won't do well. But then, again, you sort of rule out having the chance to grow the international game. So, yeah, it's a real tricky one. Yeah, it almost needs like a, um, not a ladder sort of system, but mm. something that can feed into it to to build anticipation and excitement. And and even to the lopsidedness, you look at this morning's results for the, the Women's World Cup, the Rugby League World Cup, which has got underway in the last day or so, and England defeated Brazil 72-4. to four. So it's, it, it feeds into that aspect of it as well. And we know that, women's sport doesn't have the, the same amount of access to, to the men. So there's a, a greater discrepancy on uh, on that front as well. Just before I yes. let you go, Dan, we'll f- the Australia's chances after last night's result between England mm. and Australia, uh, England <clears throat> and New Zealand, very, very, very difficult for uh, Australia now. It's hanging by a thread. Are it we is. confident? Uh, no, I'm, I'm not. Um, I think it's been a fairly – I know they got the win the other night, but I think it's been a fairly disappointing uh, tournament so far for Australia. I will say, though, that I thought Friday night was very disappointing. I think everyone uh, was looking forward to watching the cricket um, at home or out, out at the pub or even going to the match. I know quite a few people that went to the game at the MCG. And uh, uh, look, I, I was watching it on and off because obviously nothing was on. But Matty, in a situation where we're in a World Cup, we know rain is around in Australia at the moment. Um, it wasn't even really raining for over an hour at the MCG, and they still didn't get couldn't get play on. And I think, look, I know Aaron Finch said it was the wettest he's ever seen the MCG, and I know we need to be safe and protect player safety. But I do think this is where cricket doesn't help itself in some respects, is we could have played on Friday night. Um, and for the neutrals who only maybe have a bit of an interest in it, it's a real disappointment that that match didn't get played on Friday night. It, it is, but I can also understand, given that there is still a fair way to go in this tournament mm. and the grounds need to be, I don't yeah. know what the MCG's scheduling well, is like over the, the next week or leading up towards the finals, but you don't want to ruin the, the, the ground itself. It's interesting. Give, Sorry, given Matt, the we- yeah. 
given the wet weather that we've had, I can understand why that decision was made. I was just going to say, Marvel Stadium, that's not being used at all. And that, that's a bit of a weird one because that's one, of the, that's one of the rare stadiums in Australia that has a roof. Yeah, no, I've heard this argument come up a couple mm. of times. Would you rather go to a cricket match at the MCG or Marvel? You can't predict the weather 24 hours out, that let alone true. six months out. So I don't yeah. buy into that argument. The, the, and Marvel, I think, was hosting Supercross or something the other week. So there was mm. there's issues regarding what's on the surface. There's generally concerts at that venue at this time of year. The mm. AFLW finals as well. I yeah. think there's an indication that they want to maybe play a few games there. That hasn't been locked in for their final series just yet. Mm. Yeah. So, But I, I don't buy into, oh, there's a stadium down the road with a roof <laughs> on it. Well, would you prefer 80-odd thousand at the MCG for Australia and England or capped at 48, 54, whatever the capacity is of Marvel? And there's also a redevelopment going on at the venue too. Mm. So I don't know how that would impact. And, and look, it, it's hard, as you said, it's hard to predict the weather. They could have got a nice sunny night or, you know, nice clear night. So it's very, very hard to predict the weather. It is just disappointing before I let you go. It is disappointing how much rain has been around over uh, this World Cup. But, yeah, I, uh, I'm i not very confident about Australia's chances, Matty, unfortunately. No, I, I, I share that. I, yes. I think it's going to take it. And But we've seen some weird things we during have. the tournament so yes. far. It's so. been good. It's been really good. Anything might uh, might happen. Now, I think this is the final time we catch up too, Dan. You're uh, you're off gallivanting around the world over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, final day next Tuesday. So, unfortunately, won't be in here for our Wednesday morning chat. Yeah, heading over to the UK, going to the Rugby League World Cup final, actually, at Old Trafford in a couple of weeks. And then, yeah, a few weeks off. So, I'll be back in late December. Although, to be honest, I think I'm back on air Boxing Day. Uh, I wonder if you you might be taking some time off then. I don't know. So, it might no, be. No, a, I'll still no, be You'll be here. here. Oh, I look I'll forward be around. I look, for, I look forward to our chat, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's been fun. Been fun yeah. having a chat. It has been, and you've planned that well, coming back on the day after Christmas. That, that's, uh. Uh, well, uh, well, let's just say uh, my leave has run out, so I do need to. No, no, looking forward to it. I'll be counting down the days until I'm back on air. Been a lot yeah, of fun. I, I doubt that significantly. Good on you, Dan. <laughs> Appreciate it. Good, have a good trip. You've well-deserved holiday, and we'll catch you when you, uh, you're back on uh, this side of the world. Thank you, Matty. We'll chat again soon. Will do. Uh, Matty Cox in Melbourne, and I am looking forward to being uh, back. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Our text number, or you can call one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Yeah, as Matty mentioned, uh, I am uh, away as of uh, my last show will be next Tuesday. Now, next Tuesday on the show, by the way, big show. Uh, we'll have a, probably a chat with Vossi. Um, we will talk to John Gallo as well. We'll get his final predictions for the Football World Cup. Chris Perkins as well. All the normal stuff. And I'm here tomorrow and Friday as well. After uh, Tuesday, Alex Mokchinov, who uh, you'll hear part of the global game. He works uh, with Morning Glory as well during the rugby league season. He's basically everywhere on the station. He's going to be filling in at least for the first couple of weeks on Tradies News. So looking forward to that, Alex. A good man. And we'll take you through Tradies News from next Wednesday while I have a bit of a break. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the open line number. You can text 0457-736-736. Asking sporting redemption stories this morning on the back of Mark Zara's win on Gold Trip yesterday. Also asking if you went to Randwick, would like to hear from you. 
Was it good? Was it fun? one 1170 or 457 to your text in a second. We'll also update you on the Rugby League World Cup, as Maddie mentioned, at the Women's Rugby League World Cup underway. And we'll update you on the cricket as well. Not a great position for Australia. We'll do that all next. This is World Cups in a nutshell. It's 29 to 6 in New South Wales, 29 to 4. Yeah, good to be with you. one 1170 is the phone number, or you can text 457 736 736. Uh, update you on the T20 World Cup in a second. Uh, Yeovil Treatment's been in contact. You are talking about great redemption stories on the back of Mark Zara winning on a goal trip yesterday. He says, hi, Dan. In a coincidence, was reading yesterday about the redemption story of one of the world's greatest jockeys, Lester Pickett. Retired 1985, jailed for tax fraud in 1987, but returned to racing and ended up ended up riding over 4,000 winners. Ended his career highly regarded with the Premier Jockey Awards in the UK, named the Lesters. That from the Yeovil Treeman. Thank you for that one. Keep them coming in. 0457 736 736. Sporting redemption stories or 1300 1170. And actually, on the back of Maddie Cox missing, uh, our hosts of Tradies Use of Melbourne, missing the Melbourne Cup. What are the sporting events you have missed, on purpose or otherwise? Sporting events you have missed, uh, which you really, really wanted to watch, maybe for a wedding or something like that. A lot of people get married in September, and uh, well, September, October. Not good. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, the open line number, or 0457-736-736. Sporting redemption stories and sporting events you have missed, whether it been accidental or on purpose. Time to do this. Time to get the latest from the T20 World Cup. Yeah, so the T20 World Cup was talking to Maddie about this one as well. Yesterday, uh, just on the first game between Sri Lanka and Afghanistan, Sri Lanka winning that by six wickets with nine balls remaining. Afghanistan off their 20 overs, uh, mate, eight for 144. Sri Lanka in reply, uh, getting that, as I said, uh, just with the loss of four wickets uh, with nine balls remaining. And last night in the match between England and New Zealand, uh, England winning by 20 runs. Uh, England posting off their 20 overs, six for 179. New Zealand in reply off 20 overs could only manage 159 runs. So what that basically means is England's 20-run win improved their net run, uh, net run rate to five, uh, 0.547. Australia lagged behind them with one match against Afghanistan to play, and that will be on Friday night. We'll run you through that. So England and Australia are likely to finish on seven points each, uh, which means uh, net run rate would split them. Now, uh, this has put the pressure on Australia to not simply win, but they have to win well. Now, England are not only ahead on run rate, but they play Sri Lanka after Australia plays Afghanistan, who could be without the world's number one T20 bowler, Rahid Khan. So England will know precisely what they will have to do uh, to make the finals. So Australia faced the prospect of beating Afghanistan by 50 to 60 runs and hoping Sri Lanka push England all the way. Otherwise, uh, we know Australia will let uh, will regret uh, some of the positions I've been in, in particular that game against Ireland on Monday. 22,547 people there at the Gabba uh, yesterday, most going for the Kiwis because um, Australia, it would have been better for Australia if New Zealand had have won, but unfortunately they couldn't. England winning, of course, they lost to Ireland themselves last uh, week. But yes, yeah, so England winning uh, there. Um, it's a it's a very dangerous situation for Australia. Uh, it's look, it's not impossible what they need to do and what they need to happen have happened. But 
uh, highly unlikely. Now, we know yesterday as well, we mentioned Aaron Finch. He um, hurt his hamstring in that win on Monday night. Well, we're not entirely sure what's going to happen with him. I would be surprised if he does play. Um, The options, if uh, Finch doesn't play, is Steve Smith or Cam Green, it looks like. And Steve Smith has declared he can become Australia's pressure performer at the pointy end of the T20 World Cup. Uh, Now, Smith is no guarantee to play either, even if Aaron Finch is ruled out today. Uh, Finch, Marcus Stoinis and Tim David all had scans on hamstring complaints yesterday uh, before flying to Adelaide. Now, left out of the initial calculations due to Australia's preference for heavier hitting down the order behind Finch and David Warner, Smith re-entered calculations from the moment Finch felt his hamstring when batting against Ireland at the Gabba. Cam Green, uh, he was a pre-tournament addition as an opener, um, and uh, and he did pretty well. He was in very good form before the tournament. He's pretty. Uh, he's another one that could uh, come into that squad as well. Smith said he's pretty talented, isn't he? Uh, we saw the way he played in India, in particular, opening the batting. He went after it, and it came off. That's another path the selectors will go down if the guys don't come up. So plenty of options out there and good depth in our squad. Yeah, If Aaron Finch isn't fit, who do you have in that squad, uh, in that match for Friday? Do you put Steve Smith in, although he's not 100%? Cam Green, look, as I said, Cam Green in the warm-up matches, at least the early ones, was sensational. In fact, there was a lot of talk at the time about why Cam Green wasn't in the squad in the first place. Now, we know stuff happened, and he ended up being included in the squad in the end. Um, maybe we need an X-factor like that, especially when we need to win big. Look, Steve Smith's a sensational player, great player, but I, I just think Cam Green, look, could be um, a risk, is a risk, but any player is a risk, really, um, if they have a bad day. Would you put Cam Green in, or would you go somewhere else? 0457 736 736. Or one three hundred oh one eleven seventy our open line number. I would probably put Green in there, but look, it's a it's a tough choice. And look, Aaron Finch may well be uh, fit, but I just think ha- when it comes to hamstrings, uh, you probably need to be a little careful. Anyway, well done to England with their win against New Zealand last night. Now the T Twenty World Cup does continue two games today as well. Uh, this one at 3 p.m. Zimbabwe taking on the Netherlands. That'll be followed at 7 p.m. by India and Bangladesh. That is the games today. As I mentioned, Australia in action on on Friday night against Afghanistan. And England will be in action the day after on Saturday night against Sri Lanka. So that will be what will unfold over the course of those two days. But, uh, yeah, dangerous position, I think, for Australia to be in at this stage. But your thoughts on it? Who would you put in ahead of Aaron Finch if Finch is not fit? 0457 736 736 is our open line number or 045 is our text number or 1300 01 1170. Now, just away from the World Cup, and we'll update you after the break on the Rugby League World Cup as well, the Women's Rugby League World Cup underway. A lot of talk about the Dolphins over the course of uh, the past few months, as you can understand. Of course, they're going to be playing their first game in just a few months' time now. Uh, What are we in? November. So their first match in terms of trials, will only be, what, three months away. And then, of course, the NRL season getting underway in about four months' time. But there's always been talk about, once the Dolphins came in, an 18th team as well. And there's been talk about uh, the Central Coast, uh, maybe a team in New Zealand, maybe another team in New Zealand in maybe a Wellington area. 
Um, however, I think most people, not everyone, but a lot of people are expecting Perth to be the next team when there is an 18th team. And the Western Australian government has put its weight behind a potential rugby league franchise, assisting a bid to base the NRL's 18th club in the state. So as we know, the Dolphins will enter next year as the competition's 17th team. And rugby league power brokers have indicated they would like to add an 18th team in the mix as soon as possible. We know we they had a Perth team, the Western uh, Reds, uh, they had an infamous short stint in the AFL uh, Super League season of 1997. But now there are 4,100 registered rugby league players in the state and recent successful state of origin fixtures in Perth have convinced the government a local team will be a boon for, uh, boon for tourism and local economy. So Mark McGowan's government, the Premier over there, has established a working group to find the best bid structure and is committed to assisting the process, calling WA the country's sporting capital. Yeah, that will that will annoy uh, some people, especially in Melbourne. Uh, anyone, this is the uh, this is the WA Tourism Minister Roger Cook saying this. Anyone who was at the stadium for this year's sold out State of Origin saw how passionate WA fans are about rugby league. It was an amazing night that sent a clear message to the National Rugby League executives who were there. If they want to make the NRL a truly national competition, then they need to have a WA team playing every week. WA has been the sporting capital of Australia in 2022 because of McGowan's government's event strategy, so it makes perfect sense to seriously investigate a bid for the 18th NRL franchise. There has been a strong push for the North Sydney Bears to be a be Perth-based, but government officials are backing a local team. Um, they went on to say, uh, there are so many Western Australian Rugby League fans who are looking forward to the day when they can support a WA-based team. WA has strong foundations to support, to support an NRL franchise with participation in the sport behind only New South Wales and Queensland, and encouragingly, nearly a quarter of all registered players are female. Uh, that was uh, the working chairman, Peter Tinley. Uh, so, yeah, so WA government backing uh, another team uh, in the NRL, the AT team being in Perth. Look, I, I think Perth is a no-brainer. Um, I, I do think at some point in time it would be good to see another team in New Zealand. I think the game can, can continue to grow there outside of the Warriors in Auckland. And, look, we know the Warriors have barely played a game in New Zealand over the past few years just the tail end of the season just gone. Um, is Perth the team that you think should be next into the NRL? And when should it be? Because, look, I suppose the other issue with it is we have to probably wait and see how the Dolphins go next year um, and how long it takes them to become successful. And I also think when you put in this 18th side, and it will happen at some point, you probably need to give them probably a couple of years to set up, maybe a bit longer than the NRL gave the Dolphins. But I suppose if the Dolphins aren't successful for a few years, um, there may be question marks on introducing an 18th side. But it, when the 18th side does happen, I agree, I think it has to be in Perth. But what do you think? Do you think there should be a team on the Central Coast? Maybe Wellington. Um, and would you like the North Sydney Bears franchise to be named and played in Perth? 0457 736 736 or one 1170 I do think it is important that we go to Perth. Look, I think outside of New South Wales and Queensland, and obviously there's a following for the Melbourne Storm in Melbourne, um, Perth is definitely 
the next place where rugby league can grow in this country and already has quite a big following. What do you reckon? Where would you have that 18th place team? Are you a supporter of Perth getting it? 0457 736 736 is the text number, or you can call 1300 01 1170. We will take a break. On the other side of this, we'll update you on the Rugby League World Cup. Breakfast not too far away either. It is 13 to 6, 13 to 5 in Queensland. Let's go straight to the open line, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. James from Hornsby's on the line. Morning, James. Morning. Um, regarding this Perth team, yep. I mean, okay, they won't be short of a quid because they could get sponsorship from Hancock Prospecting. Mm. So that's all right there. But what about the travel? I mean, it's cheaper to fly to New Zealand than Perth. I mean, you're going to cut out all the opposition supporters, basically, from going over there. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, that's what I was about to say to you, James. Was that not just um, the cost and all flights at the moment seem to be very expensive, but also the length of flying? Yeah, it's five hours, and not just for the fans. Look, the fans, if they want to go, they can. But the players, it would be you, you would have to give whatever team was playing in Perth the week before uh, a long turnaround to get back, but. I suppose Perth, the Perth team will have to fly to Sydney and Queensland every week or every second week too. So it would be hard on them as well, uh, James. It is a good point. But, I, look, I suppose you could say, look, you fly to New Zealand and it's three and a half hours or whatever it is. So not much different. But if not Perth, James, where would you have an 18th team? I'd put it out in the Central Coast. Yeah, yeah. Um, you got all that. Yeah. Central Coast, you have the Bears there and then they fly up at Cosford which is just a short train trip up and the train station's right across from the station. Yep. So you get the fans come up from Sydney and then every now and then they play a game at um, North Sydney Oval and you pack that out. Yeah. It, People would love to go back there for nostalgia. Yeah. Look, it is a shame that um, the Central Coast don't have a team because they have a very good stadium up there. And it's funny you mentioned North Sydney Oval as well, James, because I think it was 2020 uh, when the draw came out. Now, for obvious reasons, it didn't happen. But I think the Roosters were scheduled to play a game at North Sydney Oval against uh, the Warriors. I think it was. Um, and it didn't happen because of COVID. But uh, it would it'd still be good to see a couple of games every uh, year at North Sydney Oval. Thanks for the call, James. Have a good day, mate. Thanks, mate. You too, bro. Thanks, mate. Uh, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the open line number. Keep those calls coming in for Vossie and Brandy. You can text as well. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. It's now time for a rugby league World Cup update. Yes, so Manny Cox mentioned this already. The Women's World Cup is underway. The Women's Rugby League World Cup underway. Had a couple of matches uh, completed overnight. One just finishing. Uh, England beat Brazil 72 points to four. But we also had a full-time just gone. And Papua New Guinea 34 have defeated Canada 12. Papua New Guinea 34, Canada 12. Uh, Tomorrow, a couple of games, 4 a.m. Sydney time. The Kiwi Ferns take on France. And the Gillaroos, who are the two-time defending champions, uh, will take on the Cook Islands. That'll be at 6.30 tomorrow morning. Uh, So we'll keep you up to date in breakfast with that one. So the Women's World Cup underway. um, And as I say, the Gillaroos, two-time defending champions. Champions in that, and of course, the uh, 
Men's World Cup, the World Cup quarterfinals getting underway. All set in stone uh, after yesterday, after uh, that win yesterday by Papua New Guinea, 36-0 over Wales. So the way the men's quarterfinals look like uh, this, Australia will play Lebanon 6.30am on Saturday morning. That'll be followed on Sunday morning at 1.30am by England and Papua New Guinea. And then at 6.30am, New Zealand will play Fiji. And then Monday morning at 1.30am, set your alarm for this one, Tonga will play Samoa. Uh, that will definitely be, at least on paper, the highlight of the quarterfinals. So that's the way the Men's World Cup looks like in terms of the quarterfinals. Thanks to your company today. Tomorrow on the show, we'll uh, catch up with Chris Perkins in America, chat all things American sport. Vossi and Brandy not too far away for breakfast. For our Queensland listeners, you'll take the first hour of Vossi and Brandy, then Patterny Hills from 6am local time. Thanks to your company today. Breakfast follows the news. I'll see you tomorrow morning at 5am. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.